10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwalt, and thank you so very much for deciding to join me once again. I am incredibly fortunate to have back the man, the myth, the legend, the worst enemy of a liberal, Mr. Clay Moore. Clay, thank you so much for coming back, buddy. How are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for the WWE introduction there. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's the uh, absolute you truth. You did. You did good. <laughs> um, I'm doing well. I uh, just found out I'm going to get a PET scan, which I've been looking forward to. And I didn't think it was going to happen until after the first of the year, but it's going to happen on the 22nd. So uh, God's been good on that, and it's going to come, and that will help, help them find where all the cancer's at and also give them a more updated look from the CT scans. Um, I had my first treatment last week, last Wednesday. It went well. It only took about an hour to... Uh, do both. They put the uh, Opdivo in first, and then they followed it with the Yervoy, and haven't had any ill effects from it at all. Uh, a little bit nauseous, but they gave me some Zofran, and that, that helps out, keeps me from uh, getting nauseous and everything. And uh, the port placement went fine. Um, Excellent. You know, it's in. Everything looks looking good there, just waiting for it to heal and for them to take the stitches out, which will probably happen the 21st. Um, Next week on the 17th, I've got a general appointment with my um, VA practitioner, my, my regular doctor, okay. um, for my yearly checkup, you know, which I do every year. That's the 17th. And then the, the 21st, I go in and see the uh, doc, the doctor that put the uh, port in, and, and I guess there he's just going to check everything, make sure everything's fine, and he may remove some stitches. I don't know. Um, he didn't tell me if these were the self-dissolving stitches or the ones that have to be removed. So oh, I don't know which okay. ones they are. Right. We'll have to see that. And then the 22nd, uh, the 20, right before Christmas is going to be busy because the 22nd, then i got to go for my PET scan, and then the 23rd is three weeks from my last treatment, so that's my next treatment on the 23rd. So, uh so I'll be pretty good before Christmas, but I tell you, I couldn't think of a better time of the year to have it. You know, the faith, the miracles, God, um, everything going wrong, family all around and gathered around there to help. Amen. And friends, too. And I really want to appreciate uh, Andrew and also especially you, sir. You have kept me motivated. You have kept me going um, going on. Uh, you inspire me. You, uh, you really keep me going, and I appreciate everything you do for me. Well, I appreciate that, man. I really do. And, you know, that's one of the things that I was going to say to you is that, you know, while you have faced this head on like a bull and totally prepared to knock the crap out of this cancer that um, that you're dealing with, I've been so impressed by the fact that you just push all of that aside, you know, and, and I know Andrew would say the same thing, that you're there for him. I certainly know that you're there for me. And as a matter of fact, for the people listening that don't know, um, not long after Clay received his first treatment, it was probably a day or two afterwards, um, he actually sent me a message and said, you know, I'm sorry I haven't written anything on the website in a while. I'm going to try to get something up today. And, I mean, it was it's just insane how, you know, your strength and your faith allow you to 
be there for other people, you know, when you're, you're dealing with so much, um, yourself, but I mean, you're a guy who throughout the time that I've known you, you know, the last couple of years is like, you've been more supportive of everything that I've done than anybody except maybe my dad. Um, and I throw Trina in there too, but you know, I mean, it, it's just, uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. If I want to come home and not find the locks changed. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, especially as far as people I haven't actually had the privilege of meeting in person, you know, it's like nobody has been as supportive and such a good friend. And man, I, I appreciate you more than I can express. And hopefully someday I'll find a way to be able to do that. But well, I appreciate it. Buddy. Oh, always, always. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. That's good. I was saying, as far as, as keeping the watchtower as bad as my cancer is there's an even bigger cancer out there and that's known as the liberalism of the left wing and Amen. Uh, if we don't keep them under control and if we don't uh, find a way to to keep them in line even though they may have the power and everything if we can't make them walk the straight and there and everything our country's going to have a big old cancer on it too known as the liberal left and we, we right. can't afford that as a country we you know we, we, we're better than that we're much better than that Definitely. And along those lines, um, you know, obviously one of the ways that we can keep that in check or at least try to, as long as we can secure our elections to some extent, um, is in our elections. And of course, you living in Georgia, I mean, you're seeing up close these two absolutely critical Senate races. Tell us a little bit about what you've seen down there from from that perspective of being in the state and seeing it firsthand. Okay. Well, you know, even though Trump lost the election, uh, although, you know, that's still... You know, we're still holding out hope that maybe a last-minute miracle on ice thing hits or whatever and changes that. But, but you know, it's looking like that, that we did lose the election, and if that's the case, then um, the least we can do is keep hold of the House and the Senate. And the Senate is really, really um, important right now. Um, Georgia has always been red. Um, you know, we've always been a conservative-type state. state. But let me tell you, there's been a lot of uh, TV ads and there's been a lot of on-the-street people and a lot of newspaper articles and articles that I've read from the Georgia papers and everything. The liberals are really pushing Georgia. Um, Everybody, AOC, AOC, Bernie Sanders, um, Julian Castro, um, Kamala Harris, Barack Obama, all of them are trying their best to make the blue wave swallow Georgia. And we've got to get this red wave up so we can stop it. Now, the two senators we have now in are both Republican, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler. And um, I like them both pretty good. Um, Both, of course, were accused of insider trading back in in March. Uh, They said, well, they knew that the virus was going to hit and they knew what was going to happen and everything. And this is the liberals saying this. And... uh, so they needed to be prosecuted and give up their seats or whatever. But independent counsels found both of them not guilty. There was no charge of any crime. They didn't do anything wrong or anything. And the fact that you think that back in March, if you everybody remembers back in March, there was so much confusion, you know, like the mask. Do you wear it? Don't you wear it? Right. Um, is this thing going to be over in six weeks? Is it going to last six months or whatever? Nobody, not even senators briefed behind the door, I think, had the capability or the knowledge that they knew what the future was going to bring. Right. And I think just another way that the liberals have of, uh, of trying to, you know, get people 
to believe that they profited from um, from the thing. Um, I've never heard, you know, such such slander against people as I've heard down here. Um, Barack Obama was with John Ossoff the other day, and um, you know he was just touting him all over the place, talking about how great he was and everything. And Ossoff doesn't really have that much political um, um, pedigree or anything. He, he, you know, he's a businessman. He's a, a just a regular citizen of Georgia, but he happened to, you know, um, win the win the Senate seat. And then uh, in Georgia, you have to get fifty percent. Um, both candidates um, for the Republicans didn't clear 50%, so they couldn't claim their seats because you got to clear 51. Was 49.8 was Purdue's, and I think Kelly Loeffler had 47.5, uh, 48.5. So uh, it was close. Uh, right. They did beat the, they did beat Ossoff and Warnick, the two Democrats that are running, but it wasn't by 50% or more. So in Georgia, the law is that if you don't win by 50%, you got to have a runoff. Okay. Um, right. Purdue and Loeffler both are very pro-Trump. Uh, you know, they reject climate change. They oppose ACA, uh, pro-gun, pro-border wall. Um, um, Carrie Loeffler supports a law that the Libs just absolutely hate. She supports a law that she wants to see in Georgia that will ban transgender girls and women from competing in girls' sports. Oh, wow. That would be awesome. That would be awesome because it's not fair to have a guy, you know, um, just say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a woman now, you know, right. I'm transgender. I, I, I go girls and I then go in and race or wrestle or whatever against the girls because, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to be sexist or anything. Yeah. Here, but everybody knows guys are, you know, a little bit stronger than, than women when it general terms. You know, now there's some women I want to mess with. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, Ronda Rousey would terms. kill me. <laughs> but it, it's um, true. I, I tell you what, you want to see women's sports go away at the college level? I, I promise you, let that continue to happen and it'll go away. And Ossoff and Warnick, the two Democrats, both, uh, of course, you know, they support abortion, support the, the ACA, support climate change. Uh, Ossoff supports illegal immigration. He wants everybody that lives in the country to be able to vote, um, wow. probably even those that are underground, I imagine. But, you know, he can't come out and say that, but I'm sure right. he thinks that, too. Um, um, Raphael Warnack is very liberal, supported by all the liberals, AOC, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Booker, all the others. Um, he supports bringing in a new non, uh, new voting rights act where um, they can have stuff like um, criminal, you know, let criminals be able to vote, let uh, illegals be able to vote and everything, because they say that if the Republicans are oppressing the vote and not allowing everybody to get out there and vote that wants to get out and vote. So, so he's insane and, is what you're telling me. Right. <laughs> and one thing that he said, and he said it's taken out of context, but I don't know how he can take it out of context uh, very much, but he has come out, he has said in several speeches that you cannot serve the military, you cannot serve God both. And uh, he also was wow. a supporter of Reverend Wright, if you remember Reverend Wright. Oh, yeah. That's the one let the chickens come home to roost. Right. You know, GD America. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he's trying to backtrack now and say, well, I was quoting from the Bible where it says you can't serve God and man both, you know, which is a verse <laughs> in the Bible. You can't serve God and man both. But um, he didn't say that. He said you can't serve God and the military both. So 
That's crazy. That, that is something that, that really is. But anyways, we need to get the Republicans in because right now, if both Dems win, okay, if Warnock and Ossoff win, that's going to put the Senate at 50-50 with Kamala being the um, deciding vote. So right. it always go Democrat or, you know, liberal, whatever it does be. Yeah. If one Republican wins, we'll still be ahead, but only be 51 to 49. So we have a couple of liberal Republicans that decide to buck the, buck the thing and go the other way. That could hurt us, too. If right. both Republicans win, we'll maintain the 52 to 48, which I like. So that's why we need to get Purdue and Loeffler to win this thing and keep Georgia red. I'm very disappointed in my fellow citizens and everybody that we went blue in the voting. Although I really don't think we did because there are so many shenanigans up in Fulton County around Atlanta about votes not being counted and votes being counted late, stopping the count at three o'clock and continuing it the next day instead of going through and everything. It's, I'm not thoroughly convinced that, that Biden actually won the state, even though that's what the numbers say. Right. So, yeah. And I was going to say in, in Atlanta and Fulton County are alone in that, you know, kind of position. Um, you know, you got Philadelphia, you've got Detroit, you've got Milwaukee, you've got all of these places where these irregularities just consistently seem to happen. So it, it's like the way I look at it, it's like either there are some shenanigans going on or liberals are just the most irresponsible people in the world. Because if you ever notice, it's like whenever somebody goes, whoopsie poo, I forgot that I have 6,000 votes in my trunk. It never benefits a Republican. It always benefits no. a Democrat. You know, so like I said, I mean, it's it's either they're doing something wrong or they're just totally irresponsible, you know. And I can't believe that there's that much uniform irresponsibility in either party, at least at our level. You know, leave Washington out of it. You know, I believe they're all irresponsible. But, you know, at our level, I I don't see as much of that. And I think we've we've talked about this a little bit before on the show. I'd like to get into a little bit more detail what are you seeing in Georgia in terms of demographic changes? And not necessarily by race. I'm talking by party, by viewpoint, by faith or lack thereof. You know, is, is this this kind of shift to being a blue state, like you said, if it did happen, is it more because Atlanta's population is growing and that's what we get from our population centers? Or are you seeing in the rural areas people starting to change? No, in the rural areas, if you if you go around all the rural areas here in Georgia, it's definitely Trump red category. I mean, there's billboards and signs and flags up everywhere. Okay. And uh, the only the only thing that's more popular than Trump signs is probably the boiled peanuts for sale. So, <laughs> um, I like it. All over Georgia too. You're right. But um, I think what's happening is is you know a lot of these people, and this is happening in Texas too. You know, whether where they're right there on the verge of red and blue. People from these northern these states are fleeing, like California, New yep. York, Illinois, Oregon, Washington, all the liberal states. They're fleeing because they don't like what's happening there and what's going on there. Right. But they're not leaving their politics behind them. They're bringing their politics with them. Now, can you imagine if the people in the Mayflower brought the English way of doing things over with them and said, well, we're just going to change locations, but we're going to be just like right. England. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, we're fleeing, we're fleeing the persecution, but we're going to set up the same persecution for us, even though it's in a new place. Exactly. To me, that's what's happening. 
Uh, I know we're getting a lot of people down in New York. Atlanta area is one of the fastest growing in the country. I think last I heard it was the third fastest growing city, major city in the country. Wow. And a lot of it's because there's a lot of people moving in from out of state, um, you know, from, from the north and everything. And another thing, um, a lot of the liberals here in the past, um, you know, weren't really that vocal into politics or whatever. And then, uh, you know, you have people coming in from other states and stuff, stirring them up and getting them involved in politics, which is great as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they need to get out and vote. Everybody needs to get out and vote. But you need to vote with your, your mind and and what's best for the country and not vote necessarily with your heart, whether it be because you, you love something, you love free stuff so much or because you hate Trump so much. Right. You know, um, you, you need to get out there and you need to vote smart and you need to vote wise. And, and you know, I have no problem if, if, if there are more people in this country that in a fair election that are more Democrat and liberal and that's the way they want to go, then, then I'm all for that because, you know, it's, it's the country. That's sure. the way it is. I don't have a problem with that. Just as, of course, I want to have a problem with those Republican too. But when you get, like you say, all these little discrepancies and all these, well, you know, we started, we stopped counting at three o'clock and Trump was ahead and all right. the votes. And then when we started up again after a couple of hours, all of a sudden he's behind on all these votes and everything. Well, you know, yeah, there's a chance that, that all of that came in, but I know you've done it several times that, that just the amount of people that voted this year, um, was tremendous compared to years past. I know you said that, that Trump got 10 million more votes than Obama did, I believe you said, mm -hmm. uh, yep. from when he ran or whatever. So more people come out and voting, but who are those people? You know, um, are people voting twice? Are people voting multiple times? Right. Are people going out and putting names off of tombstones to vote? Um, are illegals voting when they're not supposed to be voting? Whatever the case may be. Sure. Um, you posted a blog today, which really intrigued me, and I read it, and it was a great blog, as always. You oh, know, thank you. Them out of the park runs. And I do believe that we need a third party. Right. Um, so I want to keep the other two parties straight. Even if the third party never wins, if they can just be in there as a, as a referee type thing to make sure that both sides are playing fair and that they're there to, you know, make sure that if anybody messes up, we're going to take your votes from us. I think that would be awesome. Uh, of course, you know, a lot of our founding fathers didn't want to have a two-party system to begin with. Right, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you remember our first couple of presidents, uh, it wasn't a party situation for Washington and stuff. It was mm -hmm. the two people that ran, the people that ran, whoever got the most votes was president, whoever got the second most votes was vice president. It didn't matter if they were the same party or different parties or what. Right. You know, I'm not saying that would work today, um, you know, necessarily, but... Um, but, you know, we need to have something in there to, to do some balance and control because it's getting out of hand. And uh, <clears throat> and people are just like taking the Constitution and just throwing it aside and saying, you know, I'm not worried too much about the Constitution. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll set we'll make our own rules. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll make our own rules. We'll set our own rules. Um, you know, if Republicans gain control of of the SCOTUS, then uh, what we'll do is we'll just add four more seats and hope that they come up liberal and get take it back again or whatever the case may be, you know. And yeah. that stuff doesn't need happening. We need to stay true to the what the founders of this country wanted and true to our beliefs. So, yeah, I definitely, of course, you know me, I've always been third party. I'm a member of the Constitution Party of the United mm -hmm. States of America. 
uh, it fits what I believe in. Uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, you're just wasting your vote. Uh, you know, you're never going to win. Um, you're just hurting Trump or you're hurting Biden or you're hurting Obama and you're hurting um, um, whoever it might Romney. be. Yeah. Romney, yeah. Romney, you know, Romney, Romney, but, um, but you know, thing is, it, it's my values and my beliefs, and I hold them dearly, and and I'm going to vote that way, um, you know, because uh, I'm going to vote for whoever I think can do the best job. And that happens to be a Democrat, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that, you sure. know. But uh, you know, with the way the Democrats have their policy and the way the Democrats are got their agenda and their platform and everything, I, I just see a lot of danger to the United States of America coming from the yeah. other side. No, I totally agree with that. And it's funny because, you know, I have voted for some Democrats in the past. Um, Barbara Mikulski, who used to be a senator in, here in Maryland, you know, I watched numerous times. My grandmother had problems with Social Security, and Senator Mikulski would fix it and handwrite her a note. You know, Maxine, this is taken care of. You don't have to worry about it, you know. And when I saw my grandmother get that kind of personal treatment, you know, from somebody who obviously cared about her constituents. I didn't care for her politics a whole lot. She got my vote every time because she took care of my grandma, you know. But that was also at a time where we were just coming to the end of, you know, the Reagan Democrats, the Blue Dog Democrats, you know, Democrats who I think at that time had the same desire for the country, cared about the country just as much as we do, just had a different idea as to how to make it better. And I don't see it that way anymore. You know, this modern Democrat Party, I think they just want to take over. I do see them adding D.C. and Puerto Rico as states, giving them four senators forever. You know, I I do see them, if they win the Senate, you know, not relinquishing that and using those four extra senators to do it. They've already got the House. God knows we've already seen them do everything they can to keep that power there. They are going to stack the court, just like you said. And they did win the presidency. I mean, I hate to admit that, but it's true. They did. You know, regardless of whether, you know, it was on the up and up or not, that's what happened. So it's like they get the Senate, the Supreme Court, the House, the presidency. You know, not only do we not have anybody to complain to, we don't have any recourse. You know, if something is completely unconstitutional, we take it to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court says, well, you know, we're a Democrat majority now. We're either not going to hear the case or we're going to decide against you. It terrifies me. I mean, our, our, as you said, our founders didn't want a two-party system, and you're absolutely correct about that. I sure as hell know they didn't want a one-party system. Right. And that's, you know, that's my fear is, is if social, if, you know, if they get their socialist agenda kicked in to take over uh, and they start giving freebies to everybody and, and taxing the rich, um, what you're going to start seeing you're going to see what's happened before in Grove. It's going to be in a swarm of Groves this time. And that's going to be people that have business and stuff are just going to leave the country, go to other countries where the uh, where the taxes on businesses are maybe 15 or 16 percent, 12 percent, something like that, instead of 30, 40 percent on your businesses like it is in the United States. Right. I mean, uh, and I can't blame them. I mean, a lot of people, especially Democrats and liberals, say, oh, well, they're so selfish and now, and they are. I mean, you know, I, I don't agree that, that they should be taking huge bonuses and everything while their company's floundering and their people are doing bad. They should get back to it. Right. But, you know, it's their business. They started it. Um, 
they put the sweat, they put the investment in it, and they put all that in it. So yeah, they should reap the profits. You know, right. absolutely. Sure. Um, you know, uh, reward their sweat and reward their thinking and everything because of it. And um, and you know, it's not fair for for one person to do all the work and then split it up with everybody else. And that's what socialism basically is going to do. Right. And something that intrigues me about this forgiving college students and let's not have uh, have loans anymore you know loans anymore let's just put them through college free and those that have student debt let's cancel them out so that they don't have to pay the debt well what gets me is what if you were somebody that worked your way through college paid your own never took a penny from the government or whatever yeah right, is the government going to turn around and say well you did such a great job we're going to give you you know five hundred thousand dollars in 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 loan restitution because you didn't take loans in the first place because you worked your way through and worked hard to get get it done on your own without taking loans from the government. Um, you know, it would be it would be irritating for me if I was one that, that did that and found out that my classmate that was right beside me that took out all these loans and didn't have to work and was able to, you know, just study and party and party and study and not do any work and not have to worry about where the next meal's coming from and all that kind of stuff, um, got a free pass and I did it. Absolutely. That would kind of irritate me a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I'll tell you what, I heard, uh, and I can't remember what the source was, unfortunately. I heard on the radio today that what they were discussing is a $50,000 average. So if you, whatever student loans you have, they would contribute $50,000 towards paying that off. And the way I look at that, and you and I both well know, you, of course, being a member of the Constitution Party and somebody that cares about that document deeply, you and I both know there's an equal protection clause. So I think what I should be able to do, if they do that for those people, I should be able to go take a loan out on a $50,000 car and have the government pay for it. Otherwise, they're not providing equal protection. You know, nor are they in the case that you were just discussing, if somebody busts their butt the entire time the whole way through school and gets out without any loans because they work so hard. You know, you're not doing that for those people either. But, you know, it, it, it's funny because the left talks about fairness. You know, the, the left talks about... Yeah, but they have no idea what fairness actually is. They think fairness is everybody getting the same thing, you know, but it's not. Somebody that works harder than me should get more than me. Somebody that doesn't work as hard as I do should get less to me than me, you know, and the person that did less work, do you know what they're entitled to as far as what I make? The sum total of absolutely nothing, you know, and the person that worked harder than me, do you know what I'm entitled to that they make? The sum total of absolutely nothing, you know? That's what fair is. Fair means the same starting point, not the same ending point. Well, I'm sure everybody's familiar with the fable about the ant and the grasshoppers. Sure. You know, if you're not, for those of you that aren't, that might listen to the podcast that, that don't know or whatever, um, you know, the ants worked hard all, all summer to gather grain and storage for the winter while the grasshopper just played and had fun and everything. And then come winter, when, when it hit and there was nothing to eat, the grasshopper came to the ants and said, you need to give me some of your food and everything because I don't have any. And they said, well, you know, you should have been building food up through the summer, too, instead of playing and jumping around and having fun all the time. And, you know, it's, it's a fable and a moral about hard work or whatever. Well, we need to rename that fable instead of that. And the grasshopper needs to be conservatives and the liberals. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's right. exactly, that's right. exactly what it is. It um, is. Free stuff. You know, um, Biden, you know, Biden and, and uh, Harris and everybody talks about, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to give you college free. We're going to give you uh, 
healthcare free. We're going to give you housing free. We're going to do this for you and all that. Oh, and how we're going to pay for it? We're going to tax the upper two percent, and that what we tax right. them is enough. You could take everything up with two percent own, and you're never going to get enough money to pay for the things that they want to do. Not so anybody question. that that makes a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, eighty thousand, three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand a year that thinks they're not going to get their taxes raised is it, just fooling themselves because it's coming, it's happening because they can't do it on just the millionaires and the billionaires. Yeah, definitely. And I tell you what. As usual, like I said before we started the show, I think you and I could talk for 30 hours. You know, 30 minutes always goes by so incredibly quickly. Um, But I have to tell you, one of the things that really gives me hope for this country is the fact that we do still have America-loving, God-fearing patriots like yourself. And it was always an honor to have you on here. It is always an honor to get your perspective on things. And thank you so much just for being who you are, for caring about this country the way that you do caring about your friends, caring about the podcast, caring about the blog, you know, giving to everybody else when you're, like I said, facing your own challenges that you have. I mean, I just, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you, man. Thank you so, so much for being here again. Well, thank you for having me, and everybody have a great Christmas time. If I don't talk to y'all before then, and everybody remember, pray for our country, let our country heal, let our country get back on the track, and remember, always God bless the United States of America. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. Always great to have our good friend Clay Moore back in action here on the show. Great American, great patriot, great friend of ours. Um, Clay, thank you so much once again for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, just like Clay, if you would like the opportunity to be on the show, I'll give you as much time as you want to talk about anything that you want. I especially like to have you get a hold of me if you disagree with me, which there should be plenty of you out there that do. Um, Simply get in touch with the show. You can do that on Facebook, Treehouse of Liberty podcast page, Treehouse of Liberty podcast page. I'll tell you guys eventually how I came up with the name for that page, but I digress. Um, You can also find me on Twitter at Treehouse1776, at Treehouse1776. And please be sure to check out the Treehouse of Liberty Times Clay's got a lot of great articles on there, always a wealth of knowledge. Check it out. And like I said, get in touch with me anytime. I'll give you as much time as you want. And uh, as I always tell you, this isn't my show. This is our show. Thank you for being a part of it. Take care.